Gamers, it's been far, far too long. Welcome back to the Time Attack Gaming Podcast, Season 2. It feels good to finally say it. It's been a long time. But once again, I'm Big Gaming, and I'm here with my co-host, Josh Statics. If we may bow our heads, this is not a usual prayer. This is to our Lord and Savior, <laughs> um, Shigeru Miyamoto-san. Um, Gabriel, I'm just making some stuff up. I don't know where I was going with it. I just felt good in the spirit. And felt I felt holy ghost. <laughs> it feels good to be back. It just feels weird in a way. We've been gone for like, what, five months or so? <laughs> It were it yeah it's been a very like we took a very long break <laughs> and reevaluated a lot of things and you know eventually when the time felt right we wanted to come back and do a season two we we never had any intentions of stopping no we that didn't. was never something like the, the I feel like a lot of people you know <laughs> we might have some explaining to do I'm sure a lot of people thought oh is the podcast just gone have they stopped um. No, the break was longer than we thought it was going to be, but yeah. we felt, yeah, we, we we just thought like, you know, we'll come back when the time feels right. We never yeah. had any intentions of stopping, though. No. Um, <laughs> things were getting hectic, you, you know, content. We we took a break in the midst of um, just a lot of projects we were working on content-wise, and then the break kept going, and then the holidays started, and then the break kept going after that, too, so... Time just Here went, we are. Basically, it was like we got so caught up with time, we forgot that we had to, to do yeah. a podcast. We forgot. Oh, wow. We used to do a podcast every yeah. two weeks. Yeah. We were, we were like, hey, when is the podcast coming back? And I was just like, eventually. Yeah, just, one day. We just don't know when. But when we're here, we've been, um, we've been thinking about you guys a lot. Uh, thank you all. That's been like sending us messages to like, you know zach stream and even on my tiktoks like we yeah. did not miss you guys at all and we well, we did miss you okay we, you said i said you we said didn't. we did not miss you guys at all <laughs> uh yeah we didn't miss you guys we're canceling Correction. the podcast i'm so sorry yeah. i got caught up in the speech y'all know y'all know i don't be talking right sometimes i mean i get caught up in the moment but yes we did <laughs> think about you I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I, 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 no, I'm joking. But anyway, I, I did, we did, we, we did miss you guys. And, um, it yeah. was nice hearing like people ask, when are you coming back? Right. When are you doing it again? That was nice. So, yeah, like Josh said, I appreciate everyone reaching out in the streams and stuff like that and asking when we were doing it again. Mm -hmm. Um, we didn't know, but here we are now. So, <laughs> yeah, we, things worked out. We had some guy tell me, yeah, man, I listen to y'all while I'm at work. I need, I need something to talk about. I need, I need something to listen to while I'm at work. And I'm like, all right, it's two grown men just talking about video games, and it's yep. just ASMR music in the background. <laughs> yeah. Good. Makes the day go. Yeah. That's, like, the biggest, like, that's the biggest compliment, too. Yeah, um, Like, anytime someone says, oh, I listen to this while I'm doing work or while I'm drawing or whatever, you know, on one hand, Someone might think, oh, well, they're not like intently listening. Was does that mean it's not entertaining enough? No. You're you're part of their relaxation or part of their their thing that keeps them going throughout the day. And I don't think as someone that puts content out into the, you know, universe. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a better compliment than that, dude. Heck yeah, man. People are so. people are working long hours at jobs they're working at warehouse and sometimes you know people just need something just to get them through that moment at work and 
no better way to start it off, you know, especially if you're working on your Mondays, we can make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, you know, we, I mean, you and I do the same thing at our jobs. Uh, you know, <laughs> always listen to, you know, a podcast, video game music, Heck yeah. uh, random videos about the hobby we love just to help the day go by better. Yeah. So, you know, if we can be a part of that for you, there's no bigger compliment in my opinion. That's okay. the best compliment you can give us. So again, everybody, thank you and thank you for your patience. You We're want, back. We got a lot to catch up on. Did you want to hear the best advice someone said on the internet? Ever? Yes. Okay. Content creation is harder than a nine to five. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll talk. Sorry. For those of you that didn't didn't uh <laughs> We're here for that episode. We talked about a content creator who um, he did a video and it was a video about why content creation is harder than a nine to five job. And Josh and I discussed that and we kind of we don't agree with that at all as, as two content creators who have nine to five jobs or some hour to another hour jobs, like eight to four thirty, eight to five, whatever. Struggling. Um, <laughs> like eh, content creators, I feel can become very detached from the real world at times. And it, it's, it's so funny because if any content creator thinks their job is harder than, than a blue collar job, you are out of your mind. Yep. You are out of your mind. Number one, and number two, even if it's not a blue collar job and it's like, you yeah. know, something like uh, work in front desk of the doctor's office, oh, um, yeah. you know, there's there, there's even, you know, standard office jobs with office pressures. Um, like, let's 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 keep it a buck. Yeah. Content creation is is not harder than people putting in, you know, the grind going to work every day, um, especially if it's a blue collar job and. I think that that video was made as, as clickbait or as, um, uh, you know, trying to grab your attention, get you angry. I didn't, you know, we weren't angry by it. We just thought it was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> we over I'll tell you what's harder <laughs> is doing both. Yeah. We look, we looking at y'all like, man, that's like a luxury. We, we want this. <laughs> like, yeah. Brad, boy, when I, when I, I remember when I saw that video, I was working at that warehouse job. I was doing twelve hour night shifts. You was you was there. You 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 know we had our private conversation about that. it. And I was like, man, this job is just they they don't lie to me. They said it was going to be a nine hour night job. These motherfuckers said. <laughs> I forgot we uh, haven't said the bit. What was like these people? It's okay. Yeah, these people. Oh no, dude. Why, yeah, we. I don't know why if, you like, don't got to censor yourself. It's been a while. You don't. You don't have to censor yourself. Yeah. I'm like. I'm like. Yeah. I said these people. They don't got us working twelve hours a night, five days in a row, and I'm still making content. I'm over here like, hey guys, we're just uh. Yeah, <laughs> falling asleep in the middle of a video, and then you have people like. So my theory with that. Yeah. Is again, we're not going to put a particular creator on blast because I've heard other, I've heard other, um, like bigger content creators say that too. Uh -huh. And I think that when you have not worked in the real workforce for so long, oh, yeah. you become detached and, and you Fair. don't understand what that's like again. I also think that that guy that made that video, he looked like a young dude. I don't 
know how many oh, like you oh, know yeah, regular yeah. jobs he's had um yeah, because yeah. you know i can tell you the difficulty in my jobs i've had in my life vary greatly when i worked at gnc um you know the supplement store that job was a piece of cake you didn't get paid anything but you know in terms of difficulty that job was was easy however um well i worked at a particularly un you know not busy gnc so i could play a factor <laughs> however when i yeah. worked like with with my you know family's landscaping company when i was younger that i mean no th that's way harder than any content creation or anything like that um, yeah, yeah. I, I did some respect on the blue collar workers Come on. Yeah. remember I did, I did a job doing like pest control for about like 10 months and it was kind of cool to begin until you start wearing like these thick uniforms and and the fact that you yeah. can't you can't you can't have the way i was they say i couldn't have no facial hair other than the mustache and it's like imagine me with a mustache and like and no it, beard it, yeah, uh. it's, it's, it's pure baby face <laughs> it's pure baby face you know and and then uh and, and it's like oh it's a simple job and it's like yeah it's simple until you're told that hey we need we need you guys to sell some stuff you guys are not getting paid hourly you guys are getting paid commissions so it was like oh that yeah horrible yeah. for that for that industry yeah oh and, my goodness yeah, and it's like you mean to tell me i have to be a salesman like i'm not a salesman pro i i am I, I i i like doing the work i'm not the guy that's like hey would you like to buy one of our you know our packages yeah. and everything and it's like <laughs> and there are people that are good at the talking yeah. and not as and they don't want to be like in the field sort of thing but yeah dude to do both yeah like you're not a business like you weren't that wasn't your business you didn't own the business you're not a business owner why why right. do they expect you to yeah like if you do this you get crazy extra, you get extra money if you do this and then the clients you work with especially they don't they didn't do their part they make your job a living hell and then you had to go back to do free work for them and they expect you to come to work every day be happy hell no mm. <laughs> i heard that see i i never know you did the pest control do you have any like without going too in detail just in case anyone's uh eating their lunch or something or dinner <laughs> Do you have any wild stories of like, you know, disgusting pest related situations you found yourself in? Oh, <laughs> I got plenty. Uh, I, I imagine that must this, have been like a weekly I, thing. I, I, I have plenty. Um, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to offend people, but I, I will say. Um, yeah. Just very, yeah. very general. So, like we don't we don't want to hurt any feelings or anything no, like that. I, I will say. Um, I have a couple. There's one story. It was this guy, cause um, this this is like during like my second, my first or second week working there, cause they made us do like a training program to learn each types of like insect and learn about how they're born, like the larva and everything, where mosquitoes come from. Like that's a lot of detailed information. I'm like, I feel like I should have went to school for this. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're going, I kind of like, like that though. Like yeah. it makes sense for that job. Why yeah. you'd have to know that stuff. Yeah, because you learn about like where like ants come from, especially where they really hide at when it's really cold. Like you can still have ant activity despite being cold and uh like putting bait and everything. And the most curious so this guy, his name was like St. Clair, I remember his name. He's like he's like, Don't call me Jordan, my name is St. Clair. I was like, I had never heard of some guy who was proud to be named St. Clair. It was just a simple yeah. name. Or whatever. Yeah. He was very adamant about it. I was like, okay. So mm -hmm. he goes, okay. so like, not only we had to deal with like bugs, we also deal with rodents too. That includes yeah. like, you know, uh, rats and mice and stuff like that. And 
he was like, Josh, uh, uh, I want to ask you. A, I want to ask you a question. Okay, it's not. A, it's not a pop quiz or anything. Don't think too hard. Don't think too hard about it. What would you do if a rat jumped out in front of you right, right now? What would you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I'd probably kick it. No, no, no. That's right. You kick the fucker. If not, you kill the son of a bitch. And I was like, okay. Lord. <laughs> he was very. He was very like serious. You thought it. this was like you know. Uh, uh, he was. On the battlefield, and this was a, this was, was a life or death mission. He, he was so serious. And, Good um, lord! So, so after that, I'm like, we're we're going into like four different houses in the neighborhoods. We're we like going through the gutters and everything. And I'm in the side of this lady's house. It was like an older lady's house, and I'm going through the bushes. I'm like spraying down like this little fertilizer or whatever. And then sure. a rat popped out from his, his nest. And it, and it's it, it, and them rats can run fast too. Like, oh yeah! And I was like, "Saint Clair, what? It's a rat! Hold on, stay right there." So he comes around the corner, like he was like, "Where's he's like, where's the little fucker?" And it was like that way, and he pulls out his switchblade, right? And he just oh, goes, "Oh my god!" And he's like, Gah! and he just stabs it. And I was like, what "The fuck!" And then he stabs it, and then he you know kills it, and then. And I was Wait, like, that is not, that is absolutely not what you're supposed to do as pest control. You are not supposed to go dude, to the rats. Yeah, it's called pest prevention. <laughs> oh my God, we're dude. Like pest prevention. So, so he go. Oh, that, that guy was, that guy had some screws loose. He, he I think he did. So he goes, so he goes, does that. He picks up the thing in the cloth, cleans his blade, and then he puts it in the bag and he was all like, I'm looking at him, I'm like, that's crazy. So he looks at me, he goes, what the he hell, goes, dude? He goes, I'm surprised you weren't squeamish. So what you mean by squeamish? Like you didn't freak out. Most people would have freaked the freaked the hell out. And I was like, Yeah, so I didn't see some fucked up shit. But anyways, that's besides the point. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, but the he, fact the like the fact that he knows that would have freaked most people out though. Yeah. Let like he's going so extra. First of all, I think people that just kind of kill animals without any sort of like you know feeling any type of way about that i'm like okay there's something a little off there yeah but that's 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 like morbid he, but, he looked like he or he seems like he enjoyed that that's disgusting well he told me the reason why he did it because like rats bit his dog and affected it or something and i guess that's why he had like what it sounded like some john wick type of shit but it, but he took his okay. vengeance on a rat He's taking he so he's taking revenge on all rats. Okay, yeah. Oh my yeah, god, that, dude. That, that was probably one of my fun, uh, the funniest story. My my second craziest story. I was supposed to go into an attic to go check for rat nestings and such. Again, I'm still brand new to this stuff. I have never been to plenty of attics before. Like you know, yeah. It's very uncomfortable. I'll tell you that much. Especially in Texas, where it's really hot. Oh, it, it gets. Oh my god! It's, and with your suit on too, yeah, right? It turned. Yeah, it turned into a damn sauna, bro. It's 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 super hot. So I can't I'm, imagine. So I'm at this guy's place, and I'm going up in there, and this is what I did not know. Like when you're in the attic, there's like boards you're supposed to walk on that lets you know yeah. where you need to go to. I I was not paying that much attention at the time. I'll admit. And I was trying to step into one spot of the uh, of the floor where I could get like a better look to ladies' traps in, 
And it was not the board I was supposed to step on. It was actually one of those places where the insulin, they, they put it at. And I oh, stepped no. on it and I fell through <laughs> in the, the roof. I fell through like the ceiling, but I didn't fall all the way through. I, I was, I was caught by this beam that was like holding it, that holding the roof together. So like my foot went through this guy's oh, like floor. <laughs> and I nearly hit, I, and I nearly hit my nuts. So like nothing, nothing, I, I nothing got damaged very, thank God. But when the guy was like, what the hell is going on? He's looking at, he's, he's, he's coming to find the problem. He sees my foot dangling from the ceiling. <laughs> I was like, oh it was my God. I'm sorry. He sees my foot just dangling from the Oh, he was probably furious. Oh, bro, I was sweating bullets that day. Like, because earlier he was all like, hey, you need help or anything? Yeah, if you need water, I'll let you know. After that, he was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I understand. He was rightfully pissed. You know, I can't, there's nothing I can do about yeah. it. But it was just, it was just one of those funny pest stories. But other than that, it's usually just a lot of people just cleaning their houses. There are people out there who, were told repeatedly that they need to clean their places so that they could prevent bugs from coming to their place, but they don't listen anyway, and they make their our jobs yeah. a little bit harder. And that was kind of reason why I wanted to get the hell up out of there because I was making no money doing free work for people, and I was like, <laughs> and then, "Yeah, no, and, that if you're doing free work for people." Um, at a pest control place, you got to get out of there. Yeah, you know. I don't even know how that's possible. Like, I, I've never heard of that kind of pay structure. No, for that it, job. Yeah, it, it it was not because if anything, because like I got talked into it, the commission or whatever. And they had me think, oh, I'm, I'm gonna make a lot of money. I'm gonna be coming home with like four thousand dollar paychecks a month. Hell yeah! No, I was. It was like one paycheck. It was a big amount, but I, everything went into bills, so I couldn't really spend much much of it. And then yeah. the rest of it was like a fixed income, which was like dirt cheap. And I was like, I can't live like this, bro. I gotta get the hell up out of here. This, this I'm I am making no money doing this. <laughs> yeah, commission at a pest control play. I literally can't even imagine that. It's like you're not a car salesman. Oh my brother it's insane. My, my brother did car salesman work. I feel bad for him. I heard that's brutal. It is. Like you gotta be an aggressive salesman. Yeah. And then people will like take your if you don't like people will take you know the clients away from you and whatnot and you can't do nothing about it and i'm just like i, I can't it's, it's very competitive too and it's like like you're you're creating a competitive environment around your workers i, I just couldn't imagine doing that so yeah it's um it kind of like breeds competition within your co-workers <laughs> those kind of situations always stress me out too gnc did stuff like that where We'd be like fighting over certain sales and commissions. Like this is awful. <laughs> like this is terrible. Hey, man. Um, Anything's better than hey. At the end of the day, guys, we're a family. No, the fuck, we're not. Yeah. I am a not worker. when you're pitting us against each other. <laughs> I am a worker. He's a worker. At by the time the clock hits this, I'm you know we 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 just you know see ya. See ya. I'm out. I'm not thinking about you. I'm out the door. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing wrong with having a good relationship with your coworkers, but yeah, like that um, pushing that whole narrative, I think is management's way of getting people to try to not like, you know, ask for conditions to be improved or that's true. You know, yeah. better pay and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, jobs, a job. And 
Uh, everyone out there who's tired of hearing content creators online say content creation's harder than a nine to five, we agree with you because it's not. So wow. yeah, we um, struggling right along with John. <laughs> yep. uh, <laughs> but so yeah, Josh, you had a chance time question you wanted to ask, right? Yep. It's and done a chance time in a long time for those of you uh, just joining us now in season two. Yep. Chance times where we ask each other a random. Gaming related question, there often a surprise, and uh, we just go from there and let the conversation go as it comes. <laughs> You'll get the idea of it once Josh asks the question. So, what do you got for me this week? Yeah, uh, here we go. Um, if you can spend a a week vacation with the video game character, who would you pick? <laughs> with a video game character, <laughs> yes. Oh, one week vacation with a video game character. Well, I can tell you, man, <laughs> it, I would want a video game character that has access to a lot. If I pick, if I pick like Mario or Peach, I have access to Isle Delfino. That's a good because, point. That's a very good point. Yeah, they would they would have flight like Peach's direct airliner goes there. Uh, um, you know, based on the cutscene, based on the the, the in depth <laughs> story cutscenes we got in that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, you take away all the stuff that Bowser did. Isle Delfino is one of the best places to vacation in gaming. It has to be. Yeah, yeah. You got an amusement park multiple beaches you have um like areas where you can go and like drink during the night and stuff like that like it 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 really feels like the perfect vacation spot so i would probably have to pick whoever could get me access to Isle delfino that's a beach good... mario luigi probably doesn't have access but you know he'd be a fun guy to hang with i'm sure that sounds like a, <laughs> that sounds like a fun vacation i'm not gonna lie <laughs> The answer was definitely not what I thought, but that's that's, that's a good answer. What do you think I was gonna say, Wario? <laughs> that guy smells terrible. No, nah, <laughs> my answer was horrible. I'll tell you that. I, I I was I was thinking you was gonna say Bayonetta. I was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> you would have no interest in me. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. I'd I'd be treated the exact same as. Uh, Cheshire, I'd be Cheshire, you know, oh. constantly tripping and basically the the gag character that hurts themselves uh, by falling or or smashing into a building or something like that. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, to be honest, I probably wouldn't last the week. I'd probably end up dead because like he's constantly attacked by you know all manner of creatures and and That's a good in point. the first Bayonetta, like the angel she she fights, I wouldn't even be able to see. So I could just die. Not even knowing, so. just, that's a very valid point. Yeah. I probably wouldn't even last a week. I'd probably she's wind like, up dead. She's like, you're boring me. And I was like, I'm sorry. I had a, I, I had a pig. It was please somebody. Yeah. Uh, Where are we even vacation to? Like, I mean, she likes the city, yeah. which I, I'm not a city. I don't like the city. It's too much for me. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I'd probably end up dead. I don't, I don't, I don't see a week of me surviving. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go with, I'll def- I, like, 
every kid has wanted wanted to go to Al Delfino. Right. After playing Sunshine. Like, no way you play that game and you don't want to go there. <laughs> That's a good point. I think my, my answer is very boring. <laughs> I was going to say Commander Shepard from Mass Effect, the space exploration game. It, like, would you go to space? Yes, I would go on the Alliance ship, whatever. Like, why are we going to? Hey, man, listen. To travel to distant planets and meet diff- different people, I think it'd be cool. It'd be cool to go to the Citadel. It, it, see, if you played the games, it would, it would like help doing it. But it's like I can't. It, it's, it's yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just. Um, so you wouldn't be afraid to go to space? No, I wouldn't. Like, be. if you had the opportunity to, let's just say, you had the opportunity to go on like, you know, a NASA yeah, flight yeah. where you would go to space hang around there, maybe go around the moon and then come back. You would, you would take that. I would. That wouldn't, Heck, that, yeah, I would. that would scare. Like maybe I would want to do it because it's like a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. yeah. But dude, that would be like, that would be terrifying. You know, right. I, I, I will, I will go to space. If other people do it, I don't want to be the test dummy to go. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you would you would have professionals with you, I'm sure. Yeah. You're like, yeah, Just gonna send this guy up into space has no idea what he's doing up there. Make you sign a waiver agreement if you die, we have no costs. Like, yeah, we want to send you to Mars. You think we'll be okay with that? Uh how long is this yeah. trip? It's about like a probably about maybe about some months, some days. You may or may not be coming back. I was like, what are we gonna be doing there? We're just gonna be exploring and things like that. All right. But yeah, yeah I, I I probably would. It's just um, I, I'm a sucker for like uh those kind of Star Wars ish kind of things. More like Mass Effect because it feels more. No, I probably say Star Trek and Mass Effect kind of things because it's more kind of grounded a, a bit in technology as opposed to the fantasy part of it. But like, yeah, like yeah, I I, I like the discoverability of new life forms and like new species that's be, that's beyond just humans and such and that's what made those games great but it's like i would love to see what it you know i don't know this it, it, this sounds intriguing to me you know we've seen humans most of our lives and it's like it'd be nice to see something different <laughs> yeah i can't doubt that that would be amazing but Probably. the whole concept of going to space <laughs> I, I feel like that would give like just i mean that would be so scary in I'm my more, opinion. I'm more scared of going underwater than space. Because <laughs> you, you can't yeah. even see nothing. You don't know what's down there at all. And and, and, there, and there's fish and, and probably scariest looking fishes we had never seen before. And we can't even go beyond because we can't. We'll die. <laughs> yeah, I... Yeah. I actually think I think someone asked me this. I can't remember. It was probably on a stream. Yeah. I think that underwater is probably the scariest setting for a horror game. Oh yeah. And I think that's because every human probably has like a natural biological fear of the depths of the ocean, mm-hmm. of like what we don't understand down there, what we can't see. It's basically sensory deprivation and there and then you're surrounded from all angles, even under you, above you by creatures we know very little about. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, what could be scarier than that? You know, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think the ocean <laughs> might be like, scarier than It's like, like, no one can hear you, you see you. <laughs> like, it's just, like, echoes. Yeah. <laughs> like, space is nothingness. And, yeah. you know, you're surrounded by darkness, basically. Yeah. But the ocean is that as well. And you're surrounded by, you have no idea what could be right next to you. Mm. Some terrifying looking giant creature, you know? So I think that for me puts it over um, like space. Space as a setting is, is scary for sure. It can't be. Um, but I think, I think I'd have to give it to the depths of the ocean. I mean, there's so much you can do with that. Yeah. And I think horror games have yet to, tap that potential we've we've had a few that are knocking on the door of that i think subnautica which really isn't supposed to be a horror game um probably oh yeah and it probably does the best job of showing why the ocean can be terrifying Mm -hmm. but um there's other concepts i want to explore there's actually a game coming out this year called um still wakes the deep I believe that's what it's called. And it's a horror game that takes place on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean. Oh, that sounds scary. That, oh my God. Have you ever seen pictures or videos of an oil rig at night? Yeah, it's complete pitch darkness. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would would shit myself. I think I seen seen a guy, he like threw a ball and it just vanished into darkness. Like, yeah. Like, cause they're, they're so high up and then, you know, the ocean level is changing too, as the, yeah. as the waves are going and, and oh, Robert, at night it's pitch black. You know, it's crazy. Like not to bring up, you know, the tragedy that happened like last year with the submersible, but like I was looking up stuff oh, yeah. about, about the Titanic back then. And it was like, you know, to put a perspective, cause like, you know, the, the, the James Cameron movie was all you know, bells and whistles, just movie magic just so people can see. But like sure. imagine though, it's like you're on the ship and everything is tearing apart and it's a moonless night and you can't see nothing, but you hear like people screaming and the ship is just being torn apart and you're yeah. out in a body of water and you just can't see like you see the ship for a moment where the lights is on, but when it goes completely pitch pitch black, you're like, Yeah. Oh God, what the Yeah. <laughs> Scary. That's that's such a good point. I never thought about that. It's yeah. not like the movie where everything's lit up and everything's visible. Like when that was happening, they were surrounded by darkness. Yeah. Basically. Um, and you know, there you go. You're floating there on you're you're floating in pitch blackness basically. Yeah. And you know, sensory deprivation, you're panicking mm-hmm. and then eventually, you know, I'm sure it was cold as hell. You probably froze the moment you touched that water. Yeah. I can't imagine that, dude. What I can't it, imagine it. What is it is? Cause you're, you're a horror guy, right? What is it? What is it is about like the dark that just makes it. So um, is it like, is it, is it, is it because like, no, it's only because it's dark. It's just, it can be scary, but can it be also your mind too, what you're thinking? Or like what, what's, what's around you that you don't even, well, what's around you that you don't even know. <laughs> yeah i think i think the fear of the unknown is like the easy thing to say yeah in in any situations not understanding and not knowing can be scary enough but yeah, yeah um like i think it's this whole very human idea of you you have a sense a very powerful sense the scent you know sight that you have your whole life mm-hmm. um for those of us that can see and all of a sudden that's gone 
Mm. You're in you're in a situation where you can't see anything around you. So your most powerful um I th- I think I think for for those of us that can see, that is our most powerful uh uh of our senses that we rely on every day. Yeah. And then you're placed in a situation where that is gone. Like from one moment to the next. Oh my God. Yeah. Of course you're going to panic. So yeah, I think, I think that's probably what I would say is a good enough explanation for that. But, yeah. yeah, but yeah question. That's the stuff I'll be thinking about, about the, the depths of the ocean. I'm like that one, the why is so scary. <laughs> so yeah. There is, there's a really cool horror game coming out. I think this year uh, called the Lassophobia. And it looks really great. People that are into indie horror, um, any of the people that watch me, check it out. Um, <laughs> it some of the videos and stuff I've seen look excellent, and I really like the concept. I want horror devs to explore how to make the ocean scary more. I would be a big fan of that. Oh man. <laughs> <clears throat> It'd be like, but we are going to switch gears because <laughs> Josh and I have a lot to catch up on. Um, God, we we missed so much. Um, yeah, don't did. worry. I, I I know there's probably a few people thinking we're going to, um, you know, go over the game awards. Uh, no, we have no intention of doing that. Oh, no. This- if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> I guarantee you, you either know what happened with the game awards or you've yeah. heard other people talking about it. We're not going to talk about it. No, um, it's it's done. <laughs> yeah, we are going to talk about stuff. I I do kind of want to reflect a bit on last year. Cool. And kind of go over games that we thought were special um, in terms of like, maybe it's something you feel didn't get talked about much or something that you played and you were like, man, I feel like this didn't get its roses, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. Because there was a lot of amazing stuff that came out last year, oh, yeah. even outside the big AAA games that everyone talks about. Um, did you have anything that stood out to you last year as something that, you know, reflecting on 2023, that you really want to urge people to be like, man, check this out. Like, this is worth your time to check out. I know you played Hi-Fi Rush, right? A little bit of little it. Little I know you played... It, yeah. um, you know, Resident Evil 4, Street Fighter. Played, played the crap out of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you talked about Street Fighter that you think that, that, that should have been in the conversation more. Yeah, for... that one, I, I was actually talking to Nerd Store. He actually invited me on this thing. We were talking about 2023. Yeah. And he, 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 he asked me what was the game that kind of surprised me the most of this, uh, of like last year. And I said it was like Street Fighter 6. And um, I know I, t- I talked about it before. The dang, it's been a podcast before, but it's like, yeah, that game, yeah, definitely was the one that the one game that came out that surprised me the most. Um, that I played, and it was because it was like, you know, Streets of uh, I'm gonna say Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage, yeah. <laughs> was not a game I've been playing lately, but uh, but uh, Streets Street Fighter Six. Uh, I've been playing that a lot more because well. The reason why that game surprised me for numerous reasons, I mean, if outside of like War Tour mode and the Battle Hub, it was like, it just felt like 
a new Street Fighter had that that new new. It felt like it, it didn't rehash old things. It was like, no, this is our new direction. Everything's new. We're not going back in the past. New characters, new designs, new everything. Better better looking music. We're not doing nostalgia no more. We modernize the control scheme a bit more so we get modern players a play a chance to play it. Yeah. And they don't they don't need to have a big skill gap. They can just they, they can make their own damn skill gap and be just as threatening to classic players. It was just it felt like a breath of fresh air for the fighting game drama, but also like in the social aspect too, that a lot of people didn't give a lot of attention to, you know, I, 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 I think it's still fun and game to play. Like they put a lot of like thought into it, like the, like the battle hub mode and everything where people can find more enjoyment outside of the serious and competitive aspect of it. It was like, they made a social hub for people to just hang out and do stuff with their fellow community members and hang out and stuff like that. And I think it's a much added aspect and probably in all video games in general, in general, I think a lot of video games can use like a, a social hub within the game itself, as opposed to just logging in and just picking a random game mode. I think yeah. that could be very implemental in in the future of, of video games i think we need a lot more of a of hub mode like battle royales tend to have that where you, you can meet up in the island for a short bit before you start the game but it's like just something to give people something to do where people can feel like we're doing more than just gaming because matchmaking yeah heck yeah you know that's, that's um a, yeah do you do you see well first of all with the with the social hub mode i i really got the impression that they were trying to recreate what it felt like to be in an arcade around a street fighter arcade unit like bring back that arcade feel of yeah um you know being surrounded by other players before you get to play mm -hmm. you can watch other people play goof around with people or maybe not necessarily maybe not the arcade feel but the feel of a turn of like what a live tournament feels like when you're surrounded by other players in person at a convention or at something like that that's the impression i got yeah from hub mode yeah. and um i would like to see that implemented more but what i wanted to ask you is do you see the big dogs like tekken um you know some of your like guilty gear some of your uh other 2d anime fighters do you see them adopting some sort of a modern control scheme or some sort of alternative control method for newer players do you see that being a thing yeah that yeah a lot of these fighting games it's, do? Be, it's being it, it, it actually is being a thing like um Tekken 7 did it where they found a way to use like uh you can like map a button to certain to, to to pull off certain moves that are very complex to to pull off of characters who are like a lot more time consuming to learn. They they I, oh. I, I, I even did it with Tekken Eight. They had a they had a they they they're, they've been trying to simplify button control schemes for a while now, and um, you know I think it was just for Street Fighter. It was like it was the one that was more refreshing because it was the only game that used like a six button layout <laughs> like yeah. everybody, everybody was doing like a four button the three button or like a four or five button layout and straight far i was like nah we, we've been doing six for a while i was like now nah, it's time for you to, to, to change it up a bit and they did but like now yeah. not only they change it up it was like it was like they simplify it in a way that's more appealing to like smash players that's probably the best way i could put it like yeah you, you can do like a tilt special button to do a move or up special do that too and it's like what the heck 
like that's some like super smash bros type of stuff you know and and it makes sense because you're targeting the biggest i mean smash has probably the biggest player base of any fighting game it, yeah. it's the best selling yeah. fighting game ever so i imagine it would have the biggest player base and targeting those players i mean there's a lot of players who grew up just playing smash bros and not traditional fighting games yeah yeah so getting those players in you know having more players is how you keep a game healthy for longer yeah like do i see it like what you know control schemes being more simplified for the video games i, I can see that happening for sure in the future yeah you know, especially, think, especially for people who don't want to like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to learn too many complex moves. Like, give me like a, you know, I think I think that's the most challenging part for fighting games. Like, how do you make it more appealing for newcomers without making it feel like they have to do a lot of homework to pull off some complex moves? And you know, that's yeah, still like but you don't want to make it too like where, like striking that balance is difficult because if you just do this baby control scheme that. Yeah newer players are just completely waxing veterans that people aren't going to like that. You yeah. need to have some sort. I, I like how street fighters modern control scheme has yeah. definitive um, negatives. Like there, there are pros and cons. It's easier to learn, mm. but you can do less with it. Like there's certain moves and stuff and certain more advanced techniques that are outside of the modern control scheme scope. And I think that's yeah. a good way to balance that. Oh, yeah absolutely yeah um, I mean, <laughs> how how long do you see street fighter 6 being like do you think it's going to have a, the the life of something like street fighter 5 where it lasts it'll for be like, longer i think it'll be a lot longer than yeah five. wow i think, think it'll it be like a decade possibly of street fighter 6 probably a lot longer than five for sure because five had came out 2016 it lasted until last year yeah, so it, 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 Street Fighter they 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 make their games last for a while. I mean, yeah, they do. Like, like for like Street Fighter Four came out two thousand nine, lasted until about twenty sixteen. So that was about like a good seven years. Seven years. Yeah, and then even this one, they told like we probably get like a good seven years or so, seven eight years with, with Street Fighter Six. I think six could be a decade, man. Yeah. Like if they if they do enough, um, obviously with different iterations. I'm not talking about base. Yeah, like they're gonna have you know street fighter plus whatever oh, there, yeah. there's gonna be a lot more re-releases um I, street fighter 4 got a release on the 3ds yeah that one was weird and you could what they did was you could have special moves mapped to touchscreen buttons yeah I remember where you that. press the button and it does a special move and that mm -hmm. was controversial at the time because you could just go on and spam them but and, they, they, they also push they thought they also put street fighter 4 on an iphone before too they did really yep they sure did it was it was a lot awkward compared to the 3ds <laughs> yeah i mean that was during a time where phones were not nearly as powerful phones nowadays are are very powerful so yeah especially with the iphone 15 they got it playing like resident evil now let's <laughs> just like yep. still a hard thing to grasp of but yeah like these phones are it's crazy like they had that new sonic game that came out on the uh yeah it's fun it's better than my guy. It's bet it. It's actually a. You've heard it here first. They made a Sonic game. Big Gaming I just wanted. said <laughs> of that a 3D Sonic game is fun. I downloaded that Sonic Dream Team game and I played a couple levels and I was like, the controls work. Yeah, this is fun. 
this is what I've always kind of thought the structure of a 3D Sonic game should have been. Yeah. And I realized why it was fun. It dawned on me, Josh. It <laughs> dawned on me like, like God answering the prayers of, of, of someone that's been reaching out. It's because it wasn't made by Sonic Team. Yeah. And when you have a Sonic ooh, game that isn't made by Sonic Team, yeah. all of a sudden you're having fun. Yeah, you feel like all the creative ideas was there. It was like, no, like, and, and and plus to it, like it felt organic, like a three D world. It didn't feel like it was all fixed, yeah. like you know, like the like older like other games. It's like this is kind of like the same shit. Like we're getting the same, you know, yeah, the thing. And it's like I want something new. I want a new new. <laughs> also, and Josh, I know you've agreed with me on this because we talked about it before yeah. the game. Unironically, and I say this with my full chest. <laughs> looks better than frontiers on a ps5 or a series x or a pc it do the game is prettier than than sonic frontiers it do and it is running on an iphone it do (laughs) and i say that both especially in the animations the animations might as well be a generation ahead of sonic frontiers like all of those super stiff and stilted animations that were in frontiers not in dream team at all the the animations are beautiful um especially on the creatures the larger than life bosses yeah now, I haven't played a ton of the game, so I don't want to really speak on the game's quality, but with what little I have played, I've had fun. And I think that that's a big, you know, big thing. I really wish it wasn't Apple Arcade exclusive. I wish it was <laughs> on the Switch. I wish it was on PlayStation, Xbox, PC. Um, great. That would be a great Steam Deck game. Oh, that would be crazy, especially with great the great Steam Deck game. Yeah, uh, but, um, you know. It is what it is. The controls, though, if you are willing to give it a try on Apple Arcade, you can't even buy it on the iOS store if you wanted to. It's only part of the subscription service. Yeah. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fun time. <laughs> Apple Pass or something like that. Apple yeah, Game it's like Pass. Apple, it's like Apple's Game Pass, but like the big problem with it is, you know, the games on Game Pass, if you don't have the Game Pass service, you can still go to my, the Microsoft Store and buy them mm. on your Xbox, right? Or mm. your PC. You can't do that with Apple's version, uh, Apple Arcade. Those games that are on Apple Arcade, the Apple Arcade exclusive games, are literally exclusive to the service. So you can't even pay for them, pay a, a, a flat fee for them outside of Apple Arcade in the iOS Store. So you can't go on and pay like $20 for Sonic Dream Team or you have it as part of a subscription service. It's yeah. only in the subscription service. And that is bullshit. I agree. <laughs> that is actual horseshit. Yeah, because like you look at other games, I'm like, I don't, I'm not interested in any of that. I just want to play Sonic. No. <laughs> That's all I want. I just Sonic. wanted to try Sonic Dream Team. Now, yeah. my iPhone came with three months of of free Apple Arcade. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll try it. And I, I can beat it by the time it expires. So Bro, I got whatever, I gotta, but still, I got to say the art design is, is uh, I like a lot more than Frontiers. I'll, I'll just come out and say it. Art direction. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Okay. Now to be fair, the art direction of Frontiers is ass. So yeah. that's not saying much, but I actually think the art direction in dream team is great. I yeah. think it's great. I, it looks like a Sonic game to me. The characters mesh with the world. Well, um, yeah, yeah. Frontiers looks like an Unreal Engine 4 tech demo, and they just put Sonic in it. That's literally what it looks like. It's ugly as sin. I am so tired of people gassing that game up. I'm so tired of it. People, you know, it's good. They had an update. 
Okay, they added Super Saiyan 2 Sonic, uh, and now it's a good game. Come on. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. No. I, I, I had to admit, yeah, it do like an Unreal Engine, like, fan demo, because... It does! You see, like, Pierre, <laughs> see, like, people who put, like, Kirby in Unreal Engine 4. Yes. I don't want to see that. Nintendo, hire this man. Yeah, and it's like Kirby running around a realistic field. Yeah. Like, yeah, no and, one wants this. It, it's like, it don't look right at all. Like, yeah. I, need, I, need, I need the cartoon mesh with it. It just don't look right. Yeah, you know, um, the one that gets me and Josh, I know you've seen this one before <laughs> is the people there's like, oh, this is Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask remade in Unreal Engine 4 back when Unreal Engine 4 first came out. Oh, and it's God. like it's just like realistic Zelda with the Ocarina of Time character model link. That's yeah. a higher polygon account or a higher polygon count yeah, yeah, yeah all of the, all of the artistic direction gone all of like Super what makes realistic. zelda feel like zelda gone and it's so gritty like, so cool i wish nintendo would make their games look like this and i'm sitting there like no no this looks horrible yeah it, this looks terrible it look you remember you remember that that one bummerman game that came out for the xbox 360 that oh. tried to be gritty yeah don't do that <laughs> Oh my god, bro, that game was horrendous. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, it's like Oh my god. I'm sorry. I don't like realistic takes with cartoon characters I love no. growing up. I'm sorry. <laughs> we want a realistic, grounded, gritty take on Cuphead. Hell no. That's what we need. Yeah. It was like it was I like, played that over the over the holidays, actually, Josh. I don't know if I told you, but Cuphead? That's what I spent like my Christmas Eve and Christmas Day doing was we just started a new save file, and me and my cousin ran through Cuphead. Oh, that's the beauty of it, man. We just play. Like, you know what? I'm gonna start a new save file and just yep. go from there. <laughs> it feels brand new again. <laughs> yeah, I, I Cuphead's a game I've done that a lot with. I've done that with Donkey Kong Country a lot. Um, Wario Land Four is is one that I've done. Um, new Super Mario Bros. in the DS. I used to just run through that game all the time mm. as a kid. Uh, I think it speaks to the quality of a game when they're when it's that replayable. Yeah. When it's just like, you know what? Yeah, I'll start this game over. Instead of playing something on my backlog, I'll play through Donkey Kong Country for the 20th time. Yeah. So, I, um, I yeah, gotta, I don't know. I, I forgot to tell you that, though. I got something to ask. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to start anyway. It's like, what is the best unofficial fan-made game you have ever played? Oh, so <laughs> I want to preface this by saying there's I haven't gotten to play a lot of the ones I wish I did. I didn't get to play another Metroid 2 remake Me, oh, um, yeah. before Nintendo took that down. I heard that was awesome. Yeah. And even potentially better than the Mercury Steam remake, which I actually liked. Um, I like, I like but, it too. Yeah, really. I think that the. Uh, Metroid 2 remake we got on the 3DS was kind of just like testing the waters for Dread, and then Dread was just... If you have a Switch and you haven't played Metroid Dread, I, I am that. literally begging you to play that game. It's so it. good, but anyways. Um, let me answer your question. <laughs> so, that would... Basically, anything that is an official release would fall into that category, right? So something like a Pokemon ROM hack would, would count? Yeah, um, I would say, yeah. Yeah, see, there's a lot I haven't played. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say this is the best I've ever played, but the first thing that comes to my mind is Pokemon Emerald Rogue. Okay. Um, basically, what it does, it takes Pokemon Emerald and turns it into a roguelike. So 
you have different runs um, that end in a gym leader, and you you encounter different random Pokemon on different random routes in between that. And there's like a world map, kind of like Super Mario Bros. Three style world map Ooh, um, okay. for each round. <laughs> it is so addicting. It is more addicting than any actual real Pokemon game I've ever played. <laughs> um, and the gym leaders are actually really tough. You're level locked to the gym leader, so you can't just out level them. It's so fun to use all these teams that you otherwise would never use because you're encountering random Pokemon Mm. and it's just really replayable. There's a hub world where you can buy items and that's the first thing that came to my mind. I'll say that when you ask the question, but Mm. I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but uh, why don't you go ahead and talk about it? You know, I got to tell you about it. So, uh, there's this thing called Streets of Rage remake that I've been playing. Uh, I played it for the whole New Year's weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, damn, yeah. that good? Yes. Um, I think it's better than Streets of Rage Four. Uh, and that's saying a lot because um, I here's the thing: I was aware about it, but I I didn't never really like put my time into it. This thing's been out yeah. for like years, like ten plus years or so, and. What happened? I think for what I for what I researched, like there's these team like Bomber Games that like they were like fans of I think they're in Mexico or Spain, and they spent years from like 2003 to 11 to make this game, and I think like Sega caught word of it and shut it down, but they continued to support the game anyway, and um, so there's the one I played was called Streets of Rage Remake 5.2. Uh, I think you can Google it or so, but it's on PC yeah. and um. What I liked about this, I was like, I wish from what I saw on this was in Streets of Rage 4, but like you get to play as six characters from all three games, right? So it's like Axel, Blaze, Skate, uh, Adam, uh, Zan, and uh, Max, the wrestling guy. And that I love that guy, yeah. You could play as him in the uh, like Capcom versus SNK or something like that, I think. Something like something, yeah. It was cool when you started up because they have all the levels from every game into there and they created additional new levels because they created a route system based on where you go so there's like a sr1 route sr2 route sr3 route and then there's like another route where they put in newer levels but they put in the new with the old especially like streets of rage 3 anyway play the game like that game was like one of those weird games in the series where it's like it's it's cool, but it's just it's just not held as high as as two. But that's besides the point. Yeah, like Donkey Kong Country Three. It's a great yeah. game, but it's just not held to the standard of two and one. Yeah, what's cool about it? Like they the soundtrack is remixed, and it sounds great. It doesn't sound like horrible. Like it sounds like they they did like a, a like the the soundtrack in itself. It felt like it was a fan created song with love. Every song they put was made with love, and it made sense for it. Um, what intrigued me, dude, is like when you beat the game, or if you lose in the game, you get currency, and you go to the shop and you spend money on additional characters to unlock, additional sure. cheese to do, where you, you can have like a every sword become like a fucking like a lightsaber, which is cool. The enemies that you slice in half literally get this. They literally just, there's dismemberment in the game. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> I'm really? Yeah, there's real dis- dismemberment in the game, and um. And like, uh, like they took all the great aspects of like three and two and one. And the cool thing about it, you can customize the game to your liking. Where he's like, if you want to play the game in like an SR two hitbox, you can or SR three. Like it's it's so much customization into it as well. And also, you, 
you can create your own game. They, they, they even gave you an option to where you can make your own video game with it as well. And it's like, what the f- yeah. What? Yeah, like you can go on the internet and look up people have remade like Terminator and they're on their own. It's wild, bro. Like it's a lot of creative people that they're just making this game. So is it's, it's like a, it's like a new game. It's not, it's not like a ROM hack of the original streets of rage or anything like that. I right? don't even know if it is. It's cool. What's cool about it. Like the game's in widescreen. You can play okay. it. It's net. It's, it felt like Sonic mania for streets of rage. If yeah. I'm being honest. Okay. I think that's probably, yeah. That sounds probably like the best comparison. It's like, yeah, there's new stuff, but it's also like a compilation of the best of the old stuff too. Yeah, and, 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 and I was like, when I do like I, I was like, I was, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna play three hours and that it, and that three hours turned into nine hours. I was like, I was that was all I've oh been playing, God. bro. I have never spent much time playing a beat 'em up like this, but it was, it was like there was like so much replay value for me that I had a blast each and every time. Like the people who made it, they, they created you know, their own story within it, they line things up together. It's not really important, but it's, it's it's but it's cool that they added that in there, and um. Yeah, dude, it was like it's like I love Streets of Rage four, but like this game was like I'm sorry, remake remake is so much better than four. Four has like better mechanics and whatnot because it's more modern. But it's like sure, it's like that game would have been cool had it had had it had its own like shop or something where you can keep fighting to earn more currency. And I, and and it's like you want to keep... once you finish it, you're kind of done. Like yeah, yeah you're there, done. There's not many like extra things to do in that game. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah, and it's like I, it's still a good game though. Like Street yeah. Rage Four is still worth playing. It, it, it's worth playing. I, I wanted to revisit that too, but I was like, yeah, this one. This one's like, if anyone, man, please check it out, man. It's on. You can like Google it or so. Um, they haven't worked on it since three years, but I, I was like, what the fuck? Why did I not know about this stuff? And and then the reason I asked is because it was like, can you imagine? It's like if all these companies would just let these fans create the thing and then they and then they get approached by like you know nintendo or someone anybody right like bro can you imagine they made if they did donkey kong one donkey kong country one two and three all together it's a and it's a combat you know combined experience and all in one package i i really it bums me out how nintendo doesn't embrace that like and they are they just take down fan projects man it's like it's a it's, it's widescreen and it may have updated music or visuals or something. <laughs> and it's like, can you imagine that for like all those three games? And it's like modernizing old games and make it feel new again. And it's like, you guys can promote it. You guys can make, you guys in Nintendo, you will make a lot of money for sure. You know? Yeah. And it's not like they're going to be selling it. Like they're not profiting off of it. These, these people aren't taking the IP and making money off of it. They're just no. creating new pieces of art with it. Basically. They wouldn't dare to um, sell it. You know, <laughs> Yeah, that 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 would be illegal. Like that, yeah. I, I, for sure, would be illegal. But yeah, I'm 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 looking at Streets of Rage remake right now. Um, is it finished? Like the they're done working on the game? They haven't touched it ever since. But from what I played, it's the best version I played so far. I haven't had any issues with it. And it I'm, feels like a finished game to me. It does. Yeah, you know, it's got like an ending and a final boss mm-hmm. and everything like that. Yeah, because oh, okay, like, yeah, yeah, because it has like and it. Could, I didn't mention earlier like. Like there's certain parts in the in the story where it has like branching paths to where you can go from like the Streets of Rage one route and then go into the Streets of Rage two route. They even have alternative routes too. It's like it's it's a lot more like there there's certain moments in when you fight enemies where you would go to like oh you want to go to this room right here or this room 
I'm gonna go here. And it's like, oh, it's a whole new perspective. And it's like, it's, it's a lot of replay value for sure. And I didn't notice also too, but you can buy like a CPU friend mode to where you can have a a computer friend that can play with you and you can pick and you can give it a pers- we call it a, a behavior to where like if you want to act more balanced or passive or aggressive yes it's like an rpg what yes, yes bro like it's it's that it's that fucking deep <laughs> I, 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 that's I, so cool yeah because but, playing playing a beat em up in single player can be a very frustrating experience sometimes yeah. just because you know the enemies just mob you yeah yeah so that's awesome yeah, man. I was like, I, I, I was like, how? I'm like, how the hell did I not play this game? This is, this is like one of the best things I have ever played, and I, and I rarely speak very like highly of things in general. But it's like this was, like, dude, I spent the whole entire weekend playing this. <laughs> wow, I'm, I am glad that they, you know, as far as I'm aware, yeah, got to finish the project, it, like have some semblance of a finished product. Um, so like, even if they're not actively working on it, it's still there for people to kind of engage with. Yeah. And like when, that's, that's, that's awesome. When you were talking about the Pokemon thing, did it make you feel that? Like you, 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 you just said it earlier, like the Pokemon Emerald yeah. Rogue. Yeah, Ro- so yeah. let me, um, Streets of Rage remake is very much like, to me, it sounds like a, it's like a new experience that mm-hmm. still is fundamentally the same experience of the other games. It's like it's like the Sonic Mania, yeah, like yeah. the best of. Yeah. Um, Emerald Rogue very much takes Pokemon and t- turns into something completely new. That's so good. it's hard to like directly compare with the other Pokemon games. It's more fun than any of the Pokemon games I've played. I'm just going to be honest. For sure. <laughs> um, but God, it's so replayable. <laughs> it's so fun and just... Uh, it made me feel like, you know, I've been, I, I, I used to be a Pokemon fan. I'm not anymore. <laughs> I just think that the, you know, the, the, the pro the projects in the games recently have just been oh, not good. They, like they good. they've been terrible. Mm. I mean, if we're going to keep it a buck, um, they've been bad and the, the the Pokemon company's just not been releasing like high quality stuff. But then all of a sudden I play like well, <laughs> I'm thinking like, man, like did I did I just like it because I was a kid or like um you know why did I even like this in the first place? You know, right. after playing some stinkers back to back. Then I'm playing Pokemon Emerald Rogue and I'm like, oh no. I still love Pokemon the gameplay oh. and, and like <laughs> It 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 reminded me why I used to love Pokemon. Like I was online searching in, in Pokedex entries, looking at stats and thinking about teams, and and I'm just like, oh my god, this is so much fun. And at this point, at this point now, I truly don't need Game Freak to ever make another good Pokemon game. Ooh, I don't care anymore. They can something. just keep releasing shit because yeah, yeah. Um. I'll just play these. I'll just play the the these fun ROM hack projects that the fans create that that is more of an experience that's what I'm looking for. So Yeah. You know, at the end of the day I still even though I don't like what Game Freak and the Pokemon Company have been producing, I still like the concept of Pokemon. I'm still a fan of the concept and, and gotcha. em- Emerald Rogue has proven that to me. 
because I still pick it up now from I, I I dumped like a hundred hours into it within like you know a very short period of time and I still pick it up from time to time and do a run or two. It's just just a blast. Yeah. So yeah. Um Man. but oh yeah, let me talk about my game. Yeah. Um <laughs> you talk about Street Fighter. Yeah. A game that I really think people from should give a chance is uh Amnesia the Bunker was one that just didn't get talked about at all last year. It got lost in the sea of all the amazing games. Mm. But Amnesia the Bunker really is an amazing game. And it comes... Excuse me. Oh. There's another one. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Amnesia the Bunker... (laughs) Yeah. uh, Really, it comes down to the... The game design is superb. You basically are in this bunker that... You can move through and, and, you know, you get certain items that unlock new areas of the bunker, but you have access to the whole thing, basically, mm-hmm. and you figure out how to escape. You can use weapons as, you know, tools to unlock doors or to to ward the monster off. Like a bullet can be used to shoot at the monster to scare it away so you survive, or it can be used to shoot a lock off a door. Oh, All of the items have, like, alternative uses that make... It creates so many unique scenarios where instead of just, oh, I need to conserve ammo to fight stuff, I need to conserve weapons and ammo to possibly solve puzzles easier or to get through certain doors easier. There's all these different ways that you can um, progress through the world. It's it's just this really open concept for a horror game that I haven't really seen mm-hmm. other companies, not other companies, other developers really attempt to, to do to this degree and it's worth at least trying it is scary yeah so you know number one that the creature is always basically out in pursuit of you so that like there's that this constant <laughs> threat yeah um i just highly recommend amnesia the bunker it's definitely not going to be for everyone I, I mean i can tell you right now it's not going to be for everyone but it's really cool it's something i wish got talked about more this year that'd be my game you know uh, it's not my game of the year but is it you can fight in that game or kind of you can um you can use weapons like incendiary grenade or like sorry molotov cocktails it takes place during world war one um bullets you can use those things to scare the monster off you cannot kill the monster in the game until the very end of the game right before the literally right before the ending cutscene, um and like you're not like dealing damage to it you're just if if it's pursuing you if it gets you you're dead mm. so if you're in a situation where you haven't saved in a while and you have a bullet like you know two bullets in your chamber and you're like oh my god but i need him i gotta scare it off i gotta make it run away um you have to make that choice in the split second. If you shoot the monster, it's going to run away for a while and leave you be. Um, but man, any noise you make, it can hear. It, it's it's just such a cool experience. It's on Game Pass too. I'm I'm pretty sure it's still on Game Pass. Okay, so you only need to play it. <laughs> it's scary as hell though. Oh my goodness! It, be, I mean, it had me screaming, dude. I'll be a big baby when it Pause. comes to horror. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's 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 definitely one that I think it's much scarier than Amnesia: The Dark Descent. 
I didn't find Amnesia the Dark Descent very scary. And I'm not like super brave when it comes to horror games, which is probably crazy coming from me because I've I I last year I easily played over a hundred horror games. Easily. No question. <laughs> Maybe over 150. And um And you sleep like a baby. <laughs> I try to. Yeah. Like I think I, I yeah, I fall asleep pretty easily. But <laughs> me, I'm like, um, <laughs> like I'm not someone that's hard to scare. I, I, I can be immersed in the experience and get scared pretty easily. But yeah, um, I just didn't find Amnesia the Dark Descent scary. Like the whole, I don't know if you've ever played it, Josh, but you've heard about it because people talk about it as like a you know classic horror experience. I play. I did a let's play a long time ago, the very first one. And really? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. That okay? That, yeah, I think I played about two hours of it, and I was just like. Like my 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 face expression was literally like, yeah, you're not. So you weren't like amused or no, I wasn't. I was like, I'm like, where's the scares? And then I'm just like, and, and I think it's because like maybe I don't know. Maybe I would have felt differently if I, had I played it when it came out as opposed to like playing it like post. I think so. Probably playing it post Outlast or whatever, where it's like you know, yeah, you know. <laughs> and that was kind of the thing. Like I played it much later. And for me, it it is a psychological horror game, so you're not going to have, like, jump scares and stuff like that. But what was tough about that experience for me was that the psychological horror really kind of just amounted to them putting, like, a filter over your screen mm. when monsters were nearby. And that really didn't do anything for me. If I had played it... If I had played it... When it first came out, because um, it was a very influential game, and I understand how influential it was to horror game design in general. Like, it's it's just a game that didn't resonate with me, but I understand why it's resonated with so many people, and I respect it. Mm -hmm. I, I have immense respect for Amnesia. Um, it just didn't resonate with me, and I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like that with Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto is one of the biggest game franchises ever. Yeah, it's boring. For, I, I I find it boring. I don't. I, I don't it doesn't resonate with me <laughs> i respect it i understand why people love the game i understand why it's this cultural sometimes um, but sometimes it's icon a, sometimes it's it's, it's I, I won't knock it's a great franchise but it's like it's sometimes a lot of noise from the people to where it's like it just i don't want to play yeah. that i i, I do like oh this game is getting too much praise i'm not playing that <laughs> if, play you, if you had to pick red dead or grand theft auto as a franchise what would you pick like, the other has to go away. Hmm, you either have the Red not, Dead franchise or Grand Theft Auto oh franchise, and the other man, has to go away. That's oh man. Honestly, I probably as as I am right now, I probably pick Red Dead. I think it's because like I I just love how grounded the world feels in that, and GTA yeah. is great too. But GTA kind of like it's it's like a it's like a fantasy. It's more of a, it's more of like a fantasy of just doing wrong wrong doings. Nothing wrong with that, you know, acting upon your fantasy that that you can't in real life. But it's just, I don't know. Like I, something about Red Dead that just appeals to me on a different aspect of a gamer. And plus, too, like I'm, you know, I'm old. I'm getting older, and it's like I have a lot more patience for like the slow, methodical moments and such that just resonates with me to like yeah. digest it in you know abyss as opposed to like boom shit happening motherfuckers killing you left and right and chaotic yeah. like G gta feel like 
oh it might be it might be controversial i might say this but like gta feels like a a teenager's game and red death feel like a game for grown men or grown adults <laughs> i get that and, yeah. and and i get like the pacing point of that those are two very differently paced games yeah um and i think the way certain you know you know teenagers have probably shorter attention spans in general yeah. you know i like and i'm speaking from experience my attention span was a lot shorter mm. when i was younger i was much i was a very impatient person when i was a teenager um, so no, I, I, I get where you're coming from with that. I think in general too, a lot of people like the narrative yeah. of Red Dead better. They resonate with the narrative of those games yeah. more mm. in GTA. And I think that's a big thing. Like when people are saying, oh, I'm playing GTA five, they're probably playing GTA online mm. and just like, you know, doing whatever RP servers goofing off, doing crazy stuff. When people are saying Red Dead, I imagine they're either just playing, you know, they're just playing the single player, working through the open world, or going through the story again. You know. Yeah, I have I have yet to play Red Dead Online, so I have no idea how that goes. But <laughs> I heard that uh, it I, I heard, did not get good reception. Yeah, I, I heard that the, the, the it, Rockstar didn't support it as, as they should. So yeah, they kind of just released it, and I I heard from multiple people in my personal life that love Rockstar that it was terrible. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I I I. I think it just kind of released and then just died because there's no post launch support. And they were just like, well, GTA online's our moneymaker. So <laughs> everyone who was going to work on red dead online, we're just going to move y'all to GTA online. Speaking of GTA, I, I, I don't like talking about leaks, but I will say there, I think there was a leak that said that at one point there was going to be so much single player content for GTA five yeah. at one point. Well, that's always been the rumor, right? Yeah. Well, I feel it, like that's always been openly talked about well, that they had plans for that. I think it was a hack or so that reveals so much of like Rockstar. It, it happened recently, and they did have a lot of plans for like uh, GTA yeah. Five, like single player content, but then they scrapped it because the online became yeah the thing. I, it? Yeah, I don't want to go over the specific things just in yeah. case it was a hack, but yeah. um, that that's. That's something that's kind of always been. Everyone always knew that. It was just kind of like, okay, yeah, we now did. we now yeah. we hear it for sure. But yeah, like they had they actually they told us that single player yeah, DLC was coming. They did, yeah, and it just never did because they realized we're gonna like uh, make a lot more money from people buying shark cards on GTA Online than we are of making compelling single player content. Yeah. And Another important thing to remember going into GTA 6 is that the a lot of the big players, um, the big rock star players, um, are not a part of the company anymore. They've gone off to do to make their own game development studio. I can't remember what it's called now. Yeah. But a lot of like the big people in charge of like the direction of like GTA 5 and Red Dead 2. Yeah, they're yeah. not with the company anymore. Yeah, so I'm very take that how you will. Uh, I'm I am very curious about the writing of GTA Six because the guy who wrote it was Dan Hauser, and he was like he's the, gone. He's the lead writer, and it's like I wonder how the story and structure is going to be without his leadership. You know, good I, question. You know, like for writing, I'm pretty sure the gameplay wise is going to be fun, but it's like. It's like, are the themes and everything's going to be just as strong without the leadership of Dead House's writing? Like, that's that's something I think about. Yeah, And you don't want to give too much credit to one person because it is a team effort. But yeah. 
there it that it's not unreasonable to think that because we've we've seen it happen before look at um uh who was the the one woman that left naughty dog amy schumer <laughs> she was like no no, the fuck? Amy, I said amy schumer no amy hennigan my fault oh <laughs> my god oh no Oh, I don't think she was fuck. working for Naughty Dog. Yeah. Oh, hell um, no. Keep her away. Amy Hennig, right? <laughs> or M- Hennig, Amy Hennig? Hennig? Amy Hennig. Amy Hennig. Something Hennig. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, was, she, but, was, she was part of the Uncharted stuff in the beginning. Uh, in The Last of Us 1, I think. No, she, 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 never, um, did, she never did The Last of Us, but it was... Did she do Uncharted 4? She, she, she was on Uncharted 4, and then she left the company during its development, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, her name, her name, her name um, is Amy Hennig. Yeah. Henning. Yeah, yeah, Henning. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that fans, you know, that have played all of those games say, like, you know, the writing direction did, you can tell when it's in, not not necessarily quality-wise, I'm not saying, like, uh, you know, the quality necessarily went down, but yeah. things do change with, with a different direction. Um, yeah, because Neil, Neil Druckmann was, you could tell, like, Neil Druckmann was... First pot. Yeah, he was definitely, you could tell his fingerprints was all over four it's still a great game but it's like it, you know, yeah yeah this isn't like i'm not saying that as a negative thing i'm saying that thing like you can you can tell when uh you know the game is directed by someone else you, you can just kind of feel it um yeah i think the tone was a was was for sure a great example the tone fell a lot more yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah that's tone i want to look something up real quick because another game came to my mind. That, um, that different director? Yeah, Bayonetta. Uh, let Three? me look at Bayonetta 1 real quick. I want to see if the... Okay, so um, Kamiya was the director for Bayonetta 1. Mm-hmm. Um, let me look up 2. I'm pretty sure he was the director for 2. Yeah. No, he wasn't. Um, it was a different guy. So let me look up 3. Okay. <laughs> Oh, they were all three directed by different. <laughs> Camille was a supervising director, though, but that's not as hands-on as um, as the regular game director. So all three have had, and you know what? They all three do have different tones. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think three has the the most differences. Yeah. Um, but even between one and two, they, there's there's definitely some some differences there. Uh. I thought Camille was the director for one and two, though. So maybe that doesn't give as much credence to my point. But, you know, <laughs> do with that what you will. Right. I think the fact that all three had different directors is kind of crazy. Right. Um, I would rank the games in order from best to worst. I think all three are great games. Oh, you, oh um, yeah. You talked about three was like the least, something like that. Three's, yeah, I'd say two's the best, one is the second best, and then three is the worst of the three games. Yeah, yeah. Again... I still think that they're good. Three is definitely still worth playing. Yeah. But it's, uh, yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not. It's like the Donkey Kong Country 3 of the series. Eh, that's not bad. You know. Maybe, maybe it'll grow on people over time. You never know. Yeah, true. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. I, uh, what was I going to say, too? Um. We love we love talking about video games. Yeah, there's a lot that that's just happened so much. Like, there's a lot I want to. Have you played the God of War Ragnarok Valhalla thing yet? No, I haven't. Ah. I don't know when I'm going to even touch that. Okay, 
Were I have you, no clue. Were, were you aware the the David Jaffe's like things he was talking about about it? Yes, I I, I really that I guy annoys me so much, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> he, every every time he says something, it's just like oh my god. He was the Metroid guy. You remember that shit? Really? For Metroid Dread. There's a room called the Jaff Room in Metroid because a clip of him. So David Jaff. Yeah. Let me let me give you guys because there's probably a lot of people listening that also don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um uh so, anyways, this is basically what happened. He was playing Metroid Dread mm-hmm. and he goes into a room very early on in the game. This is very I, I want to stress this is very early in the game. And he's stuck in this room for a while. He doesn't know anything to do. He's you know, just whining and complaining. Where do I go? You know, he's just in this one room. <laughs> he's struggling. And the game is supposed to, the the game is trying to teach the player that in Metroid, um, blocks that look like walls sometimes are not walls. They are breakable blocks that you can break by shooting. And you should always experiment with your surroundings to see what walls you can break in a two D space. Um. I'm sure you you've played a 2D Metroid at some point. You know that that that's the case where some some walls are breakable by shooting. So what they did was there's an area in the room where there's enemies that look like they're in a wall. So the natural human inclination is to try to shoot those enemies. And then you see, oh, it breaks the wall. And oh, okay, you know, Metroid fans already know this. this is this is the fifth game in the 2D Metroid series, but let's pretend you're brand new to the franchise and you don't know that. Yeah. That's the Nintendo game way of teaching you without telling you. Right. 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 Like how Mario, the, like how the first Mario game taught you how to kill a Goomba without telling you how to do it by placing that block. So you jump and then it's positioned in a way where you're likely to jump on top of the Goomba and squish it. Mm-hmm. Um, the way of teaching without telling, which is my favorite way to show people how to play a game. Yeah. No one else had any problems with this. There are countless clips of streamers doing it fine. Everyone that probably picked this game up did not get stuck. He gets stuck in this room, finds out what to do, goes on an entire YouTube rant talking about how the game design of Metroid, Metroid is terrible. Like saying Metroid has terrible game design. He doubled down on it. I, dude, I cannot tell you a time I've seen someone get roasted so this guy got torn apart on the internet people people made fun of him so badly that um this this room this one room in in metroid dread is now called the jaff room (laughs) yeah people know it as the jaff room and (laughs) yep because he just he couldn't do it i mean he damn like we 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 also need to stop pretending like like yes he made he he made kratos but like yeah yeah other people can that you know that's an ip owned by playstation and then other people will have their you know takes on the character and will evolve the character that happens with comic book characters all the time yeah all you know the, time. the creator of the character isn't necessarily still determining the direction that the character goes in but yeah. yeah, you want to explain that situation with? Oh, uh, um, I just Kratos. I, I just remember he was talking about uh, he was not a fan of the direction of Kratos was going in uh, Ragnarok, and that way he was talking about he was implying that he doesn't like the fact that Kratos is going 
having a lot more growth to where he's yeah. like not how he was before. And basically it was like you you, you listen to him and it's in for a minute and it's like, okay, you just want the same old, same old, basically. You just want, you know, a similar Kratos to how he was in that. And it's like, I'm sorry, but like Kratos I think Kratos growing as a character is a good thing because a uh his growth is kind of like a reflection of us in a weird way like we grew up playing the old greek uh, god of war games but it was just badass bloods guts and gore and killing people and that was fun and then we played 2018 yeah. it was like it was old Kratos, but it's a different take on the character. But at the same time, knowing that he grew, we kind of grew up as audiences as well. Especially if we were teenage back in the day, and I was like, "Yo, this game is pretty fucking good." Like they read, they had to redefine everything about yeah. What we, what we. I think loved. the fact that they're able to take that concept for a character and evolve, yeah. evolve it the way they did speaks to the writers. Yeah, like, like that's incredible. Like that, 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 that was like a, a huge risk and change that they had to do. That's probably the reason why I wanted to go to Game of the Year. It was a big risk at the time, and it, huge it, risk. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, some people say like, "Oh, I, I don't like my characters to be like." I don't like my characters to be this. I don't want. I don't want my game to be like a story game. I'm, like, I'm sorry, man. It's just yes, their games are going to be cinematic. They're not everybody's cup of tea, but it's just like I I, I don't know. I, it's one of those things. Like it's like I don't know what to tell you, but it's just like I think what gets me is like when the way he was talking about him, he was like, yeah, Kratos was just like this character. He was just a badass, this and that. He was not, never meant to be. I'm not saying like he's saying, but there's people like, oh, he's never meant to be like this, you know, yeah. three-dimensional character. And it's like, even if you play like the original God of War games, like Kratos had depth to him as well. It just wasn't as great of a depth as it is nah. currently, but he yeah. had a lot of depth to his character. Like he's a man lost in pain and, you know, he's dealing with pain and he is fighting the guys to get the nightmares removed from his head that's all there was a whole reason why because this man was suffering they still suffering you know the nightmares of him murdering his wife and kid he was, he was cursed with it and it's like you know if you if you do not play the god of war thing like my boy kratos is suffering enough like let this man breathe <laughs> he done his part let the man breathe but i don't want to say too much because he didn't play valhalla though it's a it's a great dlc man I, I, you you will love it yeah, I th I think it's like every time I see his name pop up, it's always for him. The young Kratos being super. No, um, every time I see like David Jeff's name pop up, it's oh, gotcha. him being super vitriolic and super like contrarian to whatever. And like, yeah, being really vitriolic about. I don't. I, I don't know. He just. The way I, I think I blocked him. The way, the way I, I look know. at it, it's like you created two God of War games. Uh, you left in 2007 to go do something else. That character you created it is is Sony's creation now. They that's their character. The character is going to outlive you. There's like you know you can you can complain about it, you can cry about it, but that character is going to live on longer than you. Okay. <laughs> and like I'm not I I want to be clear. I'm not saying he's not entitled to that opinion. Like no, obviously he's, he's, he made the character. Yeah, he's yeah. entitled to it. But you know I can. I can still think it's annoying and be like, no, nah, I disagree with that. Yeah, it's like I still he, disagree with it. He could, you know, maybe is it maybe if you stayed with Sony, he could have <laughs> took he could have took the character in a different direction. Who knows what he would have done with it though? But it's like, 
you know, I, I think that's why it's so important for people to have their own ownership and such. Like, if you think about, like, yeah. the creators of Superman, like, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Joe Schuster and the other guy, like, they lost the rights to Superman and to the character, and they can never create a, a superhero character like Superman. They couldn't, they never, they never did. And they had, they, I think they were dealing with a lot of, like, some, like, financial issues, wherever it is, whatever. But it was just, like... The, the, even even though that's not important, that like the whole important thing I'm talking about, like you know, ownership, man. It's just like, you know, it's it's so important to like own your own shit, <laughs> especially going to take it somewhere and things like that. And, and and it really it really makes you think of the industry too. It's like like Resident Evil, the guy, uh, the the the, the co creator of Resident Evil, Seiji Mikami. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't know. I I, I you know he's no longer he's he, he's no longer working with Tango GameWorks. Yeah, he um he resi- I think Evil Evil Within Two is his last project, I think. Yeah, he he resigned last year from the company. And Oh, that means he probably helped with Hi Fi Rush then. Yeah, like I imagine. Yeah. He he resigned and I just found out like Hideki Kamiya, the guy behind right Bayonetta, he yeah. resigned too of last year. And it's like, dang, it feels like an end of an era. It's like what are they gonna do now? It's like, are they gonna? I was they, sad about that. Huh? He's 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 a great game director. I was sad about him. Yeah. Resigning. And I'm like, even saying my thing, are they gonna continue to create something, or are they just like retirement at that? You know, they're in their late fifties. It's something you think, it's something I think about. And he's like, yeah. here goes Hideo Kojima. He might be making movies after. You know, it's like it, it's just things I think about. Like it's an end of like if Ed Boom retires from Mortal Kombat. An end of an era. It, it'll be an end of an era, man. That's like these guys were around when since we was kids. You know, it's just like holy fuck. Yeah, it's a lot of things are changing, especially as the industry changes. But yeah, um, it sounds like Kamiya and uh, Shinji Mikami are still going to be in the game. Like they're still making games. Yeah, um, I think. Probably smaller scale. It looks like it could be smaller scale. Yeah, which is could be a good thing yeah. because I think AAA budget bloat sometimes is not good for a game's game design. Not always, but there are games that have definitely benefited from not having from like being smaller in scope. Absolutely. Mm. Um, like a budget, an unlimited budget or a crazy high budget does not a good game make. You mm. know, and and doesn't. I actually think some games would have been worse with a higher budget. I, I maintain that Silent Hill 1 would have been a worse game if it had more budget. I see that. Because they would have never had to come up with um, the fog limitation. Yeah. Uh, or like the fog. Well, maybe they would have because that was like a hardware limitation. But limitations in general breed creativity is basically the awful point I'm trying to make. In yeah. a terrible way. You cur- you can um, create around the limitations and still make it your own vision. Exactly, and it's uh, I think that that's a big, you know, a big thing that breeds creativity. But, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. Speaking of Silent Hill, you still how you feel about the Silent Hill Two remake? Because <laughs> they've been very I'm quiet from. Very scared about that game. <laughs> very, they've been it's, very quiet about that. It is the most nervous I've ever been for a game release. Oh man, because there is number one. I don't even know how you do that right. Yeah. Um, I think Silent Hill Two is probably one of the hardest video games you can possibly remake. I'm and and I know that that's a crazy claim, 
but that vision that 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 original team had was so like so incredibly unique to that game i i really just don't know how you do a remake for that Mm -hmm. um and i've changed my stance on remake you know i used to be really against them and um but now i'm i'm you know i think they're great uh it just how do you do this? Especially, I don't want to be negative either, but certain projects that Bloober Team has done make me nervous about how they would handle a Silent Hill Two. Yeah. Um. You know, the medium is one that I am nervous about. Um, or like that makes me nervous about Silent Hill Two. Uh, Layers of Fear Two. I didn't think was compelling at all. I thought the first one is is pretty cool, and yeah. I recommend that for a lot of people new to horror games mm. in general. Layers of Fear One's a pretty good experience, <laughs> but Layers of Fear Two, I, I I don't know. Um, they have a lot to prove, and I don't. I just wish they picked something that was would be easier to remake than Silent. I mean, you're. You're remaking what most people consider the greatest psychological horror game ever made and is a a a piece as piece of it's as much art yeah as a game can possibly be and and you're that's what you're remaking I mean man it could be what it could be a great remake or one of the biggest disappointments oh my god Silent Hill 1 or three would have been a much less daunting task to remake. Yeah. But we picked two because, it's because that's the one everyone wants. It's got pyramid head, you know, everyone talks about silent Hill two. That's the one, right? Yeah. Oh man. Just like them remaking Metal Gear Solid three. And I was like, why are we making three? Is it, is this going to be the starting point or it's just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there was the they had the release on the 3DS with Metal Gear Solid Three. Long time and, ago, yeah. Yeah. And now, um, they put, and now they're putting out the collections, which I heard is pretty disappointing for some people. Yeah, the collections have not been received well at all, especially on the Switch, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Switch. I mean, it's inex- the the Switch version is inexcusable, and it has nothing to do with the power of the console, yeah, uh, or the lack thereof, because it's like. Games that were running at 60 frames per second are locked at 30 PS2 games. Like, dude, we can run 60 FPS PS2 games on, like, like cheap phones you can go to Walmart and buy. <laughs> like, are, are you kidding me? I, I don't think any effort was put behind this at all. No. Um, but it's not it's not ideal on any platform. Um, I watched, like, an in-depth guide, and they're just like, yeah, you're way better off emulating the game. Uh, the game, especially if you want an authentic look. Duck Station, um, here I come. <laughs> Duck Station was mentioned. Hey, and I want to say we do not condone pri- piracy no. of any kind nah. on the Time of Day Gaming Podcast. Emulation is legal, just don't pirate. Konami people listening. Do not pirate people. <laughs> legal emulation we're talking about, right? Yeah. Um, Duck Station, it's, just a, it's a great tool. For... Downloading an emulator is not illegal. Yeah. <laughs> but downloading ROMs that you don't own, shame on you. Shame, shame, shame. 
do not ask we're not telling i don't know (laughs) where to get them so (laughs) yeah oh no but yeah (laughs) (sighs) we have uh you know uh, it's it's good to be back man it's good to be back doing this again it, it is did you hear about the nintendo switch Oh yeah, I, I, I yeah. I, people are saying like, like we're we're talking about that as it as it's some sort of like leaked news. It was a it was a, um, it was an industry analyst giving their prediction. Yeah. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I can predict a lot of things. Like, I, okay, <laughs> I I can make up any shit I want. Now it sounds plausible. A four, yeah. I I my price I guessed four hundred dollars. Um, and I, I absolutely do not see them doing something completely new. I think it is going to be the super Nintendo to the switches, Nintendo entertainment system. I think it's very much going to be that concept leveled up. I'm okay Um, with it. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, please don't do something. Yeah. Please don't do a new gimmick. Like don't, I, I, I want a hybrid console. I want to, I, I, I just want Nintendo to do that from here on out. I want them to be the hybrid company because I'm a handheld guy. I love handhelds. Yeah, yeah. So I play my Switch mostly in handheld mode. So yeah, I would love for them to continue to be the hybrid platform. Um, and, and, and then they are the ones that's designing it to in-house and everything. It's like, it, it's crazy that the video game company, not only they work as a software company, but they also a hardware and they're always like, it's like they're science geeks in their own way. <laughs> yeah. Like they're always creating something um and then when it's kind of like boundary pushing and unique, but I don't want them to they they pushed boundaries and changed the industry with the switch. They don't need to do that with the follow-up. Yeah. They really don't. They just need to make in like <laughs> that concept, but better. They can do, you know, a couple stupid gimmicks like that 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 they do, like you know how the 3ds was really the ds concept the dual yeah. screen was an incredible gimmick and then they had the 3d which <laughs> yeah. wasn't and people didn't use it so, so- sure nintendo add <laughs> add a gimmick that we're not going to use but just keep the keep the <laughs> hybrid man but, but what if that's they, what i want but what if they did a gimmick with the newer model for their supposed switch to and everybody who bought their steam decks and you know you know their portable consoles like god fucking damn it they done did it again like they done changed something like they they didn't they didn't add something industry changing yeah Yeah, god fuck and and every and everybody is steam the people like ah fuck you ah you did it you son of a bitch What could you even do? I just, I would laugh my ass off if that would happen. Like everybody's like, yeah. Because reason I say that because I would low key. This might sound petty, but it's like I would love because everybody has been talking shit. Like yeah, ever since I got my Steam Deck, I never need to use my Nintendo Switch ever yeah. again. I would love for Nintendo's like, you know what? Fuck you. Here's what we. Here's some more like you know genre defining bullshit that you ain't ready for. Ah damn. You know, like the 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 craziest part about that is like why like they're not really competing with each other. No. Nintendo's really they're they're kind of just giving you a platform to play their games on. Nintendo's kind of in their own world. Um the Steam Deck was never supposed to be a replacement for your Nintendo Switch no. or anything like that. But you know, people just 
want to pit everything against each other online. Like I have, I have the ROG ally, which that's definitely like, okay, do you get that or a steam deck sort of thing? I think they're both great machines. Um, steam decks, definitely better user interface. But anyways, um, I have that and a switch and I use both. Like they're, they're both awesome. I I don't, again, I don't see them competing with each other. Uh, Um, and I don't think they have, I think they've both, I think I think these handheld PCs and the Switch have have already proven that they coexist in in the market very nicely. This might sound um, crazy, like how how to piss everybody off. If they if the Tesla said our new hardware can work with your PCs, everything's everything oh, that you bought is obsolete yeah. now. Absolutely, it's done. That, <laughs> everything that you bought is obsolete. Hell would freeze over. <laughs> Hell would freeze over before that would happen. There is no... no, Nintendo Nintendo is so protective that they don't let their characters in Fortnite because you can play Fortnite on other platforms. That's true. And they don't want you to play Mario on an Xbox or something like that. They will commit commit Sumpaku in honor than than, than to help help anybody else. They... uh, Yeah, they very much are not... And and it's absolutely to a detriment. I'm not. I, I don't think it's a good thing that they're so insanely, annoyingly protective about the characters that we love or anything like that. But it's the reality of the situation. There, there's no shot. Like people always said, oh, PlayStation first party games will never come to PC, and now we have that. Nintendo first party games will never come to PC. They they will create their own it's PC. Not gonna happen. Yeah. Like <laughs> they, they will make their own PC. computer before they let that happen. It's it they're that that's just it's not gonna happen. It they imagine look how- at those very like and I I don't necessarily want that. I think the more people that get to play games the better, but you know, whatever. Can you imagine a, a Nintendo Tower PC? <laughs> It probably have such weird specs. Dude. Yeah, you probably like, like you power it on. The first thing you see is like Mario. Like, welcome. <laughs> it's just, yeah, like, you're like It'd be their own operating system. <laughs> you, yeah, the fucking f- word on a on a Nintendo PC. Yeah, I'm doing my business on Nintendo PC. Yeah, it's like so weird. Yeah, and it's like you want to add your friends, and I'm like, yeah, and then it's like. Yeah, don't use Discord. I'm like, what the fuck you mean I can't use Discord? <laughs> yeah, you got to use Nintendo bullshit app. Uh, um, yeah, the days when Nintendo tried to take over content creation for people. Oh, yeah, we remember those days. The Nintendo partnership program. <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, you want to play our games? Delete every video that's not Nintendo related. You're good. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, they and they wanted to take a percentage of your revenue. Absolutely ridiculous. I was like, well, I guess we're not playing your games then. Yeah. Like, all that's going to do is people just won't play your games. Um, Like, content creators won't cover or play your games. Like, Very simple. Like, um, But they're luckily, they're not like that now. Like, they'll still take down some stuff, but they're, like, you, they're not going to ask for... It's not like this giant program you have to join or anything like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Thank God they walked that back. That was terrible. I mean, it wouldn't affect me. I don't um the only time i cover nintendo games is when we talk about them here because my stuff is all horror games but yeah so i'm good i'm straight (laughs) yeah i'm I'm good either way yes sir um yeah it's it's good to be back i can't i can't believe we've are we've already been recording for almost two hours holy crap um it's gonna be a good two hours for them to listen to (laughs) yeah everybody we like 
can't can't stress enough how happy we are to be back. Like it's something Josh and I have been talking about. We want it to come back in the right way. And we're going to we're really going to try to make things um you know more low key and not as forced as you know some episodes were before where you know you try to force topics. It's going to be like this a lot where it's really just us talking about the things we're playing how we're feeling about certain things and it's it's going to be a good relaxing creative outlet for us for That's sure what josh and i are really looking for in 2024 and um we couldn't be more honored that you want to um be on those you know be on this ride with us josh did you have anything you want to talk about before we before I had to get here. <laughs> I think I think you know everything on the head. Yeah. I'm just hungry as shit right now. So <laughs> Dude, I literally told Josh right before the podcast, I was like, bro, as soon as we're done recording, shit. I'm eating. I'm, like, I'm, I'm zoning out a little bit, but I'm hungry yeah. as shit. Um For... Josh, it is always a pleasure. Um, as always, man. Yeah, always. Uh and yeah, guys, thank you so much. We love you very much. Um, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Time Attack Gaming Podcast Season 2. Hey. Thanks for joining us for Episode 1. Peace.